0: Hey everyone, it's Jacqueline Melanick. Welcome to Chain Reaction, a show that unpacks and dives deep into the latest trends, drama, and news with some of the biggest names in crypto, breaking things down block by block for the crypto curious. Before we dive into this week's episode, I realized that Chain Reaction doesn't really have a lot of reviews compared to how many listeners we have. So if I can, I wanted to take a second to ask our listeners to do us a huge favor and rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening on right now. It really helps us get discovered and just makes us feel good in general. And my production team and I would really, really appreciate it. Okay, back to business. Today's guest is Stani Kulachov, the founder of Ave Companies. Aave is probably best known for Aave Protocol, its platform-focused stablecoin Go, which is G-H-O, and its social network protocol Lens, which Stani founded and raised $15 million for back in June. Lens has been in its beta phase since May 2022, and I'm excited to dig into how things have been going on there as well. Stani has been in the world of Web3 since 2017, and before Aave was renamed Aave, it was known as Ethlend. But with all of that said, it might be time to forget about the name Ave because we learned there's another rebrand for the company being announced today, as well as an acquisition, which we're exclusively going to discuss here with Stani in a minute. But that's enough of me talking. So, Stani, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Jacqueline, for having me here. Definitely, a lot of things to talk about today.
0: Yeah, no, I'm super excited. Last time we spoke was in Barcelona, so it's been a number of months, and obviously, as I mentioned in the intro, there's been a ton of developments for your company. Yeah. But to start, I want to dive into this rebrand, which I know has been in the works for a little while. So Ave Companies is now Avara. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be and what this means for the organizations that fall under that umbrella?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, a big change for us because we've been always known for building decentralized finance and using the blockchain for creating smart contract-based protocols for empowering people for creating permissionless infrastructure for finance. And that's what we have done with the Arbor uh, protocol. And, and more recently with, with Lens protocol, we've been building Web3 social, so decentralized social media that basically any developer can actually build their applications on top. So what we've seen is that the whole Web3 space is growing to a direction where many of these use cases and the technology is being more and more growing towards where consumers are and with in aviva we've understood that you know we have to do more so we want to be able to build also non financial use cases and we basically came up with the name avara which means in finnish and I'm from finland originally and that basically means being able to look further ahead and ideally what the rebranding is all about is that we want to do more than simply decentralized finance with Web3. We want to bring Web3 to all users globally with different kinds of use cases. And Aave will still exist as Aave Labs as a brand that is contributing to decentralized finance, but the umbrella brand is bigger.
0: Right. And I think on that front, expanding beyond just, you know, decentralized finance, we talked a bit about lens protocol. Can you explain a little bit about what it means to be a decentralized social platform or a social layer for Web3, opposed to just, you know, getting on Instagram or Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, or one of these social networks that everyone has?
1: Yeah, we don't really think about decentralization when it comes to social media that much. So we, historically, we as consumers, we rely on platforms or social media platforms where we basically give all the data and, and also we are relying on these platforms with everything that we have. So the audiences we build, the relationships we establish with our peers, and we don't really have uh, direct ownership. So what the actual blockchain does, it brings integrity not only on finance, but in any particular use case that's, that could enable ownership. So decentralized social is about establishing user ownership for the audiences you create, so the relationship you establish, and being able to monetize that that as well. So As a user, you have more choice and flexibility and the freedom to move from one platform into another without losing your followers and actually keeping the relationship that you create. And if we have this decentralized social infrastructure, we actually have users that have more skin in the game Where when they're participating in social networks. And also we have platforms that are actually competing of those users and providing them best products as well. And that's simply what decentralized social should provide.
0: It is nice because, I mean, I have a handful of followers on Twitter, mm-hmm. but I can't carry those to another network, you know, and like that is where my main community is. That's where my followers are. And it does feel limiting in a sense. So being able to carry this cross platforms or cross protocols or whatever it may be that are building on Lens is definitely valuable. And you you talked a bit about the monetization of content. And we've seen TikTok allow that, you know, people can upload videos and then if they get a certain amount of views, they get paid out by TikTok. And same with Twitter. You know, they're giving people checks if you get a certain amount of impressions and views and so on. How does that kind of compare to what Lens is trying to do by getting content creators the ability to monetize their own stuff?
1: I would say all the monetization that is existing in in the current social media landscape is really much the power of decision of the monetization itself is up to the platform. So it's up to the platforms that they can decide how much and what they want to share with their users. There's not really much of transparency on on how the monetization is earned, how it's shared, and where actually that ad revenue is coming from. Right. Right with blockchain and decentralized social the idea is that when you're actually using the public blockchain network you have visibility and transparency into how the monetization streams are working and also providing the guarantees for those users so for example the same way as the blockchain can actually guarantee that you have ownership of your follower graph it can also guarantee you that you have a certain monetization is guaranteed to the user And also these applications that are building these new experiences. So for example, what I'm super excited about today is that we see that all these applications that are integrating Lens, they're actually building on a shared social network. Mm -hmm. So instead of kind of like working on siloed platforms... They're building the new social media network together and sharing this monetization. So I think it's all about that integrity that the decentralization can provide and also the transparency and the guarantees that can be brought up by using the blockchain technology.
0: Why do you think this idea of a shared social network isn't applicable in the maybe Web2 world of social media or social networks that we have today?
1: I think it's really hard to actually give up your data because that's the first premise to make it work. So all the bigger social media platforms, they would have to effectively give all the data and make it public. Whereas when you look at, for example, Lens Protocol, all that transactioning data and what's happening and the monetization, what is shared, it's already public by default on a public ledger. And that's the key difference. So when you start giving up the data, you will see that the platforms are actually giving what actually makes their business. So the incentives aren't really aligned with the decentralized way of building things. But that doesn't mean that, for example, you can build a business around a, or on top of a decentralized social network. And I actually think you can build a better business because you care more about the users and you can build better products. And when you build better products that users love, they have more skin in the game as well. And you can also share the ownership that comes from a decentralized platform across all the stakeholders, especially the users.
0: And for the people who aren't on-chain, who don't have a wallet, who aren't really in the crypto space, how easy is it for them to access a platform like Lens?
1: Well, I would say that that's the most exciting demographic or audience that we're targeting because we already have on Lens the vast majority of Web3 enthusiasts that are using different Web3 protocols on a day-to-day basis. They might use multiple networks. We're more excited about onboarding the new wave of users. And I think that's where the whole idea of Avara comes into play. So we've been doing an amazing job within the community and speaking actually on a broader sense of a community of Web3 on building really good infrastructure, back-end services to support this infrastructure that we have. But now what we are doing with Avara, we're actually expanding into a group of individuals that come together to actually build also those experiences and the design that users are used to from high-quality products. So I would say that the way to get new users is to build those exciting experiences end to end and actually show how you can build a sustainable business in Web3 on a decentralized protocol and still make really good products. So I think that's where the adoption comes when we actually start thinking that how we can bring those new users with a better product quality.
0: And earlier this week at DevConnect, you guys announced that Lens V2 launched and you referred to it as, quote, the next chapter in the evolution of Lens. Maybe we already kind of discussed this, but what really is the next chapter for you there? And how does this kind of play into the visions that we've spoken about for Avara and Lens?
1: So the way we build the Lens protocol, it's a set of social networking primitives. And by primitive, we mean that it's a basically a feature that enables different kinds of use cases powered by Web tree. So that could be supported by the blockchain or data availability, so called decentralized storage. And what's interesting here is that we want to actually in the future to break these different primitives to be offered as individual basis. So, for example, if you have a developer that is interested in blockchain based handles, they can actually integrate handles. If they're interested in blockchain based social graph, they can integrate that as well. If they're interested in just securing that they can store content forever on a data availability network, they can also do that. So what we're saying here is that the progression to Web3 happens progressively. There are startups that are working today from day one on building decentralized offerings and decentralized products. But we think that most businesses will come into Web3 progressively, one step at a time. There are social media platforms that are good examples, like Reddit, where they started to experiment with avatars and and also community tokens as well. And and mm-hmm. the way we see it is that there's many ways to actually make existing applications more Web3 powered and exchange that kind of like a user ownership between the users and the the application owners for. Basically creating better and more open applications as well on the new web three technology. So I think that's the path we're thinking of uh, going forward and how we can actually not maybe leap, but slowly progress into more open and decentralized Internet.
0: Yeah, and I think in a way that is kind of like a quote unquote next chapter for, you know, these Web2 social media sites as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a full blown takeover where they just completely leave the models that they have. But it's like integrating Web3 into what they have with the example of Reddit that you brought up. Even like fashion brands and things like that, they've done an effort to get Web3 technology into their things to kind of reach new consumers. So I think as well, that's super valuable.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and we probably will see also companies coming and doing experimentations with WebTree and, and pushing back again until they find something really exciting that is empowering their users.
0: And before we go into the break, I just want to get into one more big piece of news from your end, from Avara. There is also an acquisition that you've got going on. Stani, do you kind of want to tell me about that and how this fits into everything that you've got going on in your world?
1: Yeah, definitely. So with the rebranding, we also acquired a wallet called Family. So Family, it's a team of eight very talented individuals from engineering, product design, and and the founder, Benji Taylor, has been with his team putting a lot of effort of actually building a very delightful experience that you can have with a wallet. And by wallet, so just to take a couple of steps back to think about what wallet is, It's not only a place where you store assets or your crypto, but wallet is actually a gateway and a passport into Web3 world. So you can explore different kinds of decentralized applications and interact with them and settle the transactions with your wallet. Whether those are assets or NFTs or maybe even lens posts as well. Mm -hmm. So basically what we did with the acquisition is that we really want to send a signal that we are in a time now with Web3 where... We are building that interface uh, on the existing infrastructure where people can actually interact in a way where it's familiar to them, it's intuitive, and it's really well designed. And that's what the family acquisition is part of. So we're super excited of this progress, and I think this will bring a lot of users into the Web3 space.
0: There are a lot of crypto wallets out there, as you know, Stani, and a few of them, you know, hold a lot of the market share. Why compete in this with this acquisition and how do you plan on kind of making family stand out compared to the other wallets out there that are dominating?
1: We're actually very happy that there's a lot of competition and there's different kinds of wallets for different purposes. Hardware wallets where you might store You know, most of your assets, you have web wallets that you use to interact on your desktop. And I think that's amazing because the more offerings we have and choices, the better products we can build, but also it's more diverse setting of of tools that we can offer for the users and newcomers. For Avara specifically, and in terms of family, what we want to do, we just want to build the best products for our users. So what we care mostly is that what our users enjoy, what they like to do in web3, and how we can translate. Some of the more challenging experiences that we face now in crypto with, for example, onboarding with the security aspect of it and also how to transact safely, but also understand what we are transacting as a consumer user. So I think family will be positioned in a way where it probably will be the most delightful experience that you can have when you are entering into the web tree. But it's also at the same time a very good wallet for any day-to-day users that really just want to have a best experience on browsing or interacting with the uh, Web3 technologies.
0: Yeah, oh, I've got to check it out then, got to get myself a family wallet, see what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and
1: give me all the feedback. So if there are users that want to test, and we're always open to feedback and, and mm-hmm. we just want to build the best thing out there.
0: Is it open to the public or is it going to be in a beta phase?
1: It's in a beta phase, but you can download the test flight and try it out today. Mm-hmm. The next step is to have um, so-called layer two support, which means that instead of just using Ethereum network, you can seamlessly use multiple networks. But also, that's an example where we have a design choice that the user doesn't really need to browse between these different networks and and the wallets on the accounts on these different networks, but they have a consolidated balance. So. Our approach is fully with family that we want to abstract away all the complexity and all things that doesn't make sense or takes too much time to understand out of the user side and, and just provide them everything just they need in a clean way to transact with Web3.
0: Right, that makes sense. All right, Stani, we're going to take a quick break before we get into the rapid fire round. Okay, we are back. Now it's time for our rapid-fire segment where I will ask Stani some questions. Hopefully, we get some quick responses, and then we will go from there. So to start, Stani, I've got to ask, do you think the name Avara will stay permanently?
1: Yes. Okay. I think it will.
0: All right. (laughs) I'll hold you to that. What community on (laughs) Lens excites you the most right now?
1: I think... In terms of Lens communities, I think Lens as a whole community is something really exciting because you can go into these smaller micro communities. There's a wonderful application called Orb. They have even their own communities built on Lens. So I think Lens is interesting as a kind of like a bigger community.
0: Right. What is something unexpected that people are using Lens Protocol
1: for? I would say like, I'm surprised how a lot of Web3 brands that are known in this space are using actually Lens as a way to communicating their news and keep their audiences up to date. I mm. think that's very interesting. I'm also quite interested There are a lot of users that are actually creators that are publishing a lot of music content and Lens users are also collecting that content as NFTs. That's really cool.
0: Okay. And will Lens transition out of beta testing to the public by the end of 2023? Hopefully, yes.
1: And obviously it depends on the timeline we can actually solve and go towards permissionless. But Lens already has the solved community governance, meaning that anyone could actually go and create so-called Lens improvement proposal and actually request something specifically like going to a permissionless mode. And if there is enough support, that's something that we can progress towards. So I do hope so. And if someone wants it faster, they can go and make a lip proposal. Okay.
0: By what year do you think decentralized social media will gain significant traction to the general public?
1: I really think it depends on the experiences that we build and finding those developers that are super excited on building something new. I think that just building Twitter clones and building existing applications that we are familiar with will not really take us that far, but when someone comes and builds something really, really exciting in a new experience and powers that experience with Web3 and the monetization, we will see a lot of excitement around that and, and adoption. Mm-hmm. So I would say that it really depends. Maybe it happens next year or year after.
0: Okay, 2024, 2025. We'll take it. <laughs> okay, yes or no? Last question Do you think the decentralized social media world and the mainstream social media world can coexist?
1: Yeah. And there's already social networks that are somehow experimenting with decentralized technologies. And that's wonderful. And I do think that there will be multiple decentralized social networks. And the more we can build user choice and give that flexibility, I think that's the kind of important part. As long as we're decentralized enough that it provides the value and the guarantees for the users. But I could even see a lot of just traditional social media applications being built on a decentralized infrastructure. So I do think that will coexist for sure.
0: Yeah, going into that last question and kind of stepping out of the rapid fire, what type of use cases or applications do you see them
1: creating? I would say that I would like to see applications where you can you can use the monetization in a way where you can share that amongst other platforms, for example. Right. So. Something that's very interesting about Lens is that the applications and the integrators, they can actually share the revenue with each other. So what I would like to see is that if there's an existing social media application or platform in the future, also interacting or sharing profit with a decentralized network or earning from a decentralized network, I think that will be really cool.
0: Is moderation something you think about at all? Like, obviously, free speech is an important element of a decentralized social media. And even for normal social media, you know, a lot of companies struggle with whether or not they should allow everyone to say what they want or if they should censor people. Is that something that comes across your mind often or?
1: Yes, yes. And I I think that comes always up with, with decentralized social networks, because ideally, these decentralized networks, they they want to guarantee voice for the user. And I think the kind of like biggest issue isn't only that voice aspect, but also the discovery aspect as well and the reach. So how you can actually reach your audience, but at the same time, not being limited. And at the same time, how do we guarantee that we don't censor users? And currently with platforms in social media, you're very much locked into their algorithms mm-hmm. and we don't really see and understand how these algorithms work. So my kind of vision is that by opening up these protocols, making them public, building in public as well, having transparent networks, what we can do at least is that we know what are these algorithms and make the actual user to choose what kind of algorithm they want to consume when they're browsing social networks. And I think that will be the the most important part because then you choose actually what you see and also Will you give visibility and still you have your own voice? And I think that's what decentralized social is all about.
0: Yeah, definitely. So Stani, we had a pretty busy week for you guys. You got the news of Ave now being Avara, its acquisition of family, and Lens V2 launching. I hate to ask this, but I've gotta ask this. What's next for you guys?
1: I I think we're still working on our vision, what happens after Lens V2. There's a lot of work there. There's a lot of work on the obvious side. Obviously, there's a lot of innovation we have in mind. And obviously now we're super excited about family. We want to build more and bring more users into the space. And we want to make Web3 more accessible. That's going to be super cool. And and obviously, we're also hiring talent at the moment. So there's a lot of on the plate in the upcoming months for sure.
0: Yeah, there's always more work to be done, even for companies that are doing a million things at once, I'm sure. Can you leave us with a piece of advice for our listeners? Maybe something that helps you kind of navigate
1: through the crypto ecosystem. Yeah, maybe what I would like to advise everyone is to basically find what is what's interesting in the space and basically researching about it quite a lot but being curious at the same time. So, we have different paths coming into web3 and also using the technology and and also participating in different communities. So I highly recommend getting hands dirty and being curious and trying to participate in different decentralized organizations, reading what's happening in the space. And and I I think it's a lot about education. And I think it goes well within the same path as the internet as well in the early days. So there's a lot of things happening at the same time, a lot of information, and it doesn't need to be overwhelming. I think just taking step by step and learning and being curious I think that's a really good advice for someone who is new to the space or still exploring.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely love that. Stani, thank you again for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me here.
0: We'll be back next week with conversations around what's going on in the wild world of Web3 with top players in the crypto ecosystem. You can keep up with us on Spotify, Apple Music or your favorite pod platform and subscribe to our companion newsletter, also called Chain Reaction. Links to the newsletter and stories we talked about can be found in our show notes. And be sure to follow us at Chain underscore Reaction on Twitter. Chain Reaction is hosted by myself, Jacqueline Melanick, and produced by Maggie Stamets, with assistance from Yashad Kulkarni and editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, and Henry Picavet manages TechCrunch audio products. Thanks for listening in. See you next time.